Train, eat, repeat. The knowledge and know-how you need to live well. Here's your host, Tyler Ferrand. Hello, everyone, and welcome back into another week of Train, Eat, Repeat. I'm here with the one and only Andrea. Hello. <laughs> How you doing, guys? I uh, hope you're having a great week. We have a great couple of topics to talk about today. But before we get there, have a couple announcements and sort of things on the horizon. So we just wrapped up our eight-week Jumpstart program. Um, just some amazing results. And congratulations to all of you that are listening, that were a part of that journey. We will have another eight-week program coming up at the start of May. Yep, the first week of May. Yep. So be ready for that. So we're taking a little hiatus to work on a few things for you guys to make that program even better um, and a few other side projects. And one of the side projects is we actually are going to be creating a train, eat, repeat landing spot on Instagram. Um, so you'll be able to connect with us, both of us through there. We're going to have some great content on there. And again, you'll be able to find us in one spot versus trying to find us in separate <laughs> spots. Yeah, You don't have to sh- search for us separately. You can just search for train, eat, repeat now. Absolutely. And so to sort of build our audience on Instagram and also for the podcast, we have a little task for you and you will get rewarded for it too, or there's a possibility for you getting rewarded. So we just ordered these really sweet lime green trainee repeat shirts. You're going to want one. Now, when he says lime green, it's not like what you would think lime green. It's a nice, soft lime green. They're super, super sharp. It's soft lime. Okay. <laughs> it's a soft lime Whatever, <laughs> Whatever soft lime is in your head, anyway, they're sweet. I would wear one. It's like a celery green. Celery green. There yes. we go. Yeah. And very fitting for a couple of health and nutrition coaches. It's called a celery green. So would you like a celery green shirt with black accent writing on it? Yeah. Um, but they're awesome shirts, front and back, training repeat. Would love you guys to rep our brand. So how do you get eligible to win one of those shirts? So very simple. We'll let you guys know next week when the Instagram page is up. You have to go on there, like us, Mm -hmm. tag three friends, okay, inside uh, on one of the posts. So if you like one of our posts and you tag three friends in it that they would enjoy, then also leave a review on the iTunes app. So leave a five-star review, leave an actual written review, and that will make you eligible to get put into the raffle. And you have to subscribe to the podcast. And you have to, well, it goes without saying, I mean, if you're going to go through all that trouble and you just, you don't just want a celery green t-shirt. So here's, here to review what you have to do. So you have to like the training repeat Instagram page. You have to tag three friends, re, uh, leave a review on the podcast uh, page and um, subscribe to the podcast. And then you're eligible for a celery green (laughs) with black writing T-shirt. And we're going to pick three winners. Okay, so three winners at the end of March. So we'll have the Instagram page up next week, uh, just as next week's podcast is getting dropped on that Wednesday by five o'clock. So we'll remind you guys again next week, but wanted to draw up some attention and excitement. Um, Again, trying to grow this as much as possible. And one of the great things is, is that today's topics are from a current listener. Sure. So we asked uh, one of our listeners to give us some topics. She actually gave us 12, which which is awesome awesome. because it really does mean a lot when somebody says, these are things I'm going through because more than likely that means she's not the only one or they're not the only one. Everyone else has the same question kind of thing. Absolutely. So 
Um, just keep that top of mind. Again, we'll remind you guys next week, but get excited. Um, I'm excited just to get a new t-shirt uh, <laughs> because I know the one that I've been using shooting videos in is a yeah. little bit worn out. Yeah. So um, anyway, what are we talking about today? So again, we have two separate topics that came up from one of our listeners. And the first one was very interesting. She said, how do I you know, sort of combat the peer pressure or the the feeling that I have to stay or listen to a trainer to tell me to do something that otherwise might get me injured. And when it boils down to it, like that, I do see that from time to time where you don't have the right coach sort of taking you through the movements. But I think also what it gets down to is how do you know what exercise is best for you and how to avoid exercise injuries? Um, you know, exercise injuries don't happen all that frequent when you consider like all the other ways that you can injure yourself sure. because most of the time you're very aware of what you're doing in an exercise setting. You know, like you'll just be walking and stub your toe. Like, sure. like that stuff happens all the time because you're not necessarily paying attention. But I do think it's pretty common in the gym space mm-hmm. where if you don't have the right coach mm-hmm. alongside you, or if you're very novice and you've never been in a gym setting before and you just say, I'm going to go figure it out on my own. Sure. You can get injured. So you know what your body can and cannot do. And the coach is there to push you a little bit further than your comfort zone, not push you all the way over the edge of your comfort zone, but push you each time over that comfort zone, because we know you are capable of so much more, but we need you to believe that you're capable of so much more. And I think finding that gray area Mm -hmm. is somewhat difficult. Sure. And most uh, people that are green to exercise, that's part part of the piece that they need to learn is not just the movements and the correct form. Those are very important, but also how to push themselves beyond what they think they can do. Sure. You know, I talked about this week on on Facebook in one of my posts about how capacity is a state of mind and that if you've never pushed yourself to that degree before, that's going to be the hardest thing you've ever done. But then the next time you come around and you'll do an an exercise or a workout that's a little bit harder, now all of a sudden that workout that you did, the one before this really hard one, doesn't seem all that hard anymore. Right. And we're going to, the coach should instruct you every step of the way to give you cues and movement tips through that progression. So it's not just going to hand you the set of weights and be like, okay, now you go ahead and go do a a thruster, which is a squat and press, shoulder press, and not give you any cues on what you need to do through each of that movement, when to breathe, when to inhale, when to exhale. So those are key movements that you have to trust your coach to understand that they know how to get you through that movement injury free. And if you're even ready for that movement, sure, because there's a lot yeah. of progressions to let's just yeah. use a thruster right. as an example. You have to have great shoulder mobility mm-hmm. to press a weight overhead mm-hmm. and stay in a neutral spine. Mm-hmm. You also need to be able to come down into a squat comfortably mm-hmm. with, you know, no knee pain or mm-hmm. lower back pain or mm-hmm. hip pain. Um, you know, and I think I think the other part too is, you know, if you're doing a movement or a trainer or a coach asks you to do a movement or you're following a pro, an online program, right? That's that's built for the masses. Public, it's, yeah. yeah, it's not built for everybody. Sure. Does that movement serve a purpose for you? Now, don't get me wrong. The thruster is a great cardiovascular, full body sure. compound movement. But does it serve a purpose for what you're trying to get done? Right. Like, you know, let's say, uh, you know, you're, you've been told that you need to run. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of other ways to get your cardio in than running. Mm-hmm. We love running. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like if you're not planning to run a race, be in a 5K, do a half marathon, and maybe you have bad knees, 
maybe running isn't necessarily the best thing for you right now. Sure. Sure. So understanding what your goal is. So really understanding what your goal is, starting a new exercise program or starting to seek out the advice of a coach, but being very honest with that coach and telling him, this is where I want to go. This is where I am. This is the concerns that I have. Because we are not mind readers. If we don't know that something is sore or something that hurts, we, we won't know until you tell us. Yeah. And I think that would be the first step, what you just outlined in terms of knowing the goal, knowing what we're trying to achieve, knowing what our current skill level is. So Mm -hmm. if a a good coach will take the time to understand your injury history, they will take the time to understand and take a look at your current movement patterns so that they don't rush you along too quickly. Sure. Right. Mm -hmm. And there will be that, that sort of want for you to like hit this pedal as hard as you can, 100 miles an hour. And in most cases, the good coaches are the ones that don't allow you to do that. They're the coaches that are like, let's take one thing at a time and explain to you why they want you to do that. It's not because they're lazy. It's not because they don't want to push you. It's simply because they want to ensure that you're in the right position for that movement, which then leads to less injury. And I know that it's also okay for you as the client to express your concerns around certain movements. I was just telling you today, I had a client that didn't really like a certain movement that we were doing Mm -hmm. and it wasn't because it was causing pain. It wasn't because, um, you know, he, uh, wanted to do like a different movement. Wasn't glamorous. Wasn't glamorous or sexy. Yeah. Right. And and it probably wasn't that fun either because, and that's what it came down to. He said it wasn't fun. And part of the reason it wasn't fun was because it was very challenging. Sure, sure. But those movements are probably functional to his everyday life. 100%. And I think that's what he realized after the fact Mm -hmm. because he came back the next time and said, you know what? My ankles felt much better after and I actually felt stronger. So again, it's going to feel uncomfortable, but that's where we have to blur the lines between being uncomfortable and and also like just borderline insanity mm-hmm. or like going to extremes where you feel super worn out mm-hmm. and and you're not recovering properly after the fact. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing a coach should be doing is asking how the movement is feeling. Oh. And that that's mm-hmm. that two-way street you were talking yep. about in terms of it can look good from an eye perspective, but I also need to know exactly what's going on inside of your body. Sure. What are you feeling? Where are you feeling it at? Where are you feeling the most tension? Um, do you feel it here versus here to making sure mm-hmm. they're activating the right muscle groups? And that's communicating with your client and understanding their movement patterns as well. Yeah. And so make sure that it you're, you feel okay sort of telling your coach um, and your coach should be asking you in terms of where you're feeling that movement. And you should never feel like bullied, like you have to do a movement. Sure. And if you're doing something where you bought a exercise program that's for the general public, make sure the the people demonstrating the exercises really break down the movement pattern as to where you should be feeling it and where you should not be feeling each exercise. That's a really good uh, tip if you're going to move forward and get something through a, an exercise program. Absolutely. The power of regression and progression for any coach is one of the best skills. And if you have a coach that's able to do that, and one of the ways that you can sort of test to see if that's happening Take a step back when you're not inside that train session or inside that boot camp. Watch that coach or trainer, how they train themselves. 
So right. how do they work out? Sure. How are they working out other clients? Yeah. If you see that they are simply just training other people the way that they like to train, which I get sometimes if you're you have a niche and maybe you let's say you work with with bodybuilders. Okay. Okay. You work with bodybuilders only, more than likely your workouts will mirror each other, but there's still sure. going to be subtle differences, if not major, from client to client to client. There should be because it, a good trainer is going to understand that each individual person is different. No one is going to be the same. Someone, A trainer should not train Tyler as if they should train me. We have very no. different body types, very different strengths and weaknesses, and they should push on those strengths and weaknesses, so to speak. And it should be very different. Very different, but some of the basic principles will yeah, still the be the same, right? Yeah. Communicating. So there's communicating, but also the movement wise, yep. there still will be a hip hinge. There still will be some type of a press and a pull. Yep. Those are tried and true, but then we have to cater to the individual mm -hmm. and getting them in the best position to perform at their best and whatever their goal might be. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's, like I said, we are here to help you get out of that comfort zone, but not to push you over the comfort zone. We want to make sure that you're going to do it effectively and safe. Because if you push yourself beyond that comfort zone, more than likely you won't come back. Right. I, I always tell my clients, um, if I'm seeing them face to face, you know, they're like, well, what should I do when I'm not with you? And I'll say, you can do some of the movements that we did today. And I might pick out some of the easier movements, but I want you to do them without weight because I want to make sure that you're not going to hurt yourself. Once we add weight to it and load, you there's a tendency for things to break down through that connective chain. Absolutely. So... You know, in general, if, if you feel pressured to jump into something, do a little bit of research first to know if, number one, you're at that skill level right now. It doesn't mean that you you won't be able to do the program. I think eventually you will be. But also to know, too, like, are you going to be surrounded by individuals that are like-minded like yourself, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. that's why, too, in most cases, most, uh, you know, major gyms, especially where we would work, mm -hmm. You have different classes mm -hmm. that are specific to the actual fitness level of the sure. individual. And there's a reason why there's that progressive nature in there. And one of the best things I loved about group training when we were in our corporate gym setting. So, again, make sure that you sort of hit on those points and sort of ask yourself those questions. And, again, be willing to speak up. Um, like Andrea said, we're not mind readers. Right. And so if you don't tell us something's wrong or you don't feel comfortable in a certain position – then we're just going to go based off of your body language. Sure. Like I, I've had a client in the past year, I don't feel comfortable laying on the floor. Okay. I, yeah. I wouldn't know that. I mean, I don't want them to feel uncomfortable. I want them to trust me to let them know that I can get them through that. 100%. Yeah. And if, if the coach can't <laughs> adjust to the right. fact that you can't lay on the floor, find yourself a new coach. Right, right. So the other topic that got brought up uh, to sort of transition was handle another peer pressure situation was handling peer pressure from friends when on a program. And what we're talking about here is a little bit of the the mindfulness aspect of things like like how you choose to. Um, well, basically, yeah, how you choose to uh, turn people down from wanting to, you know, split a dessert mm -hmm. to having some fries or, topic. hey, come have a beer with me. Oh, you don't need to go and work out right now. Why don't you come shopping with me instead? Sure. The social aspect to that is different than the lifestyle that you have chose to follow. Absolutely. Because I think a lot of people are chastised. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, yeah. For sure. When they make a giant <laughs> jump like yeah, that? Yeah, it's, it's uh, you have to, and, and it's sad. I, we were just talking about that today. I mean, when I was preparing for my, my competition, I had to say no to a lot of things because it wasn't in my, it wasn't focusing on what my end goal was. Um, 
and that was because I didn't have a support crew that accepted my decision. So they weren't um, able to support me in that role. And I think too, even when, if somebody is supportive, if it's something that was sort of, it was a habit of yours in the past. So like Mm -hmm. a good example, when I ran uh, my first obstacle course race, or actually it was, yeah, it was my first obstacle course race. So it was the longest race that I've ever ran uh, at that point. It was about 12 miles. And in my training, I decided that I wasn't going to drink alcohol three months out. Like I just, I just knew that that if I had, if I drink the next day, my training would suffer. Um, You know, and at that point I was just out of college. I was probably drinking a little bit too much to begin with. Right. Cause I was just coming out of college. But the thing was, is like all of my friends, even though they knew my goals and they supported me, it was natural for them to ask, sure. which then in turn almost made them feel bad for even asking. Sure. Right. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's it's OK. Like there's just an understanding. I think they're some of those things are natural. But they also don't want you to feel left out either. hundred percent. And yeah. sometimes it's just a social norm. Sure. It's like, you know, you you were at a party, somebody's drinking. So you're going to grab a drink. Yeah. Right. Sure. And I get, you know, it's it's interesting because I, I get that very often being with friends. Um, I choose not to eat meat. And so they're very considerate of, let's make sure we can go to a restaurant where you can get something to eat besides a side salad and a potato type of thing. Mm -hmm. So they're very uh, supportive in that role and they don't make me feel bad or that I should be left out of that. And that's great. Yeah. And in your inner circle is probably one of the best ways to combat peer pressure. Mm -hmm. And we're not saying go out and get new friends by any means. Mm -hmm. But if you can choose somewhat of that inner circle that has the same beliefs as you do Mm -hmm. um, around like the types of foods that you eat, the lifestyle that you live, Mm -hmm. you'll find it's much easier to not to succumb to that peer pressure situation. And, you know, it, it doesn't hurt to to say to your friends, and if they are their, your friends, they will support you 100%. But just to say that I'm, hey, you know, I, I'm i excited to go out to dinner with you or I'm excited to go hang out for happy hour f- with you. However, I want to let you know that I've decided to uh, step away from drinking or I've decided to make sure that I'm eating healthy foods in my lifestyle. So I just wanted to let you know that ahead of time so it doesn't come up and it's not uncomfortable. You know, I, I would still like to go out with you. However, I might not partake in you know, dinner or whatever it might be. And I guarantee you, if they're your friends, they will be 100% supportive and maybe make a change so that you can feel incorporated. And everything that you just hit on is the language that you used. Like the language you use when you decide to tell somebody that you aren't doing something, there's a huge difference between I don't and I can't, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I can't says makes makes it sound like you're punishing yourself. Sure. And therefore, your friends will also tell you, they'll even ask you, why can't you? Right. Right. Right? right. Like, like who's forcing you to do this? Sure. Whereas I don't means it is a conscious decision that I have made. I've chose. I've mm-hmm. chosen mm-hmm. to follow this lifestyle or I've chosen mm-hmm. for this month to give up alcohol mm-hmm. or I've chosen for this month to give up outside outdoor dining, mm-hmm. outdoor dining. It must be that COVID <laughs> talk we're talking about right now, but going out to dinner, whatever it might be, just make sure that that, that your language conveys the fact that you made the decision mm-hmm. that no one else is making it for you mm-hmm. and no one is forcing you into that lifestyle either. Mm-hmm. I think the other piece too, that you can control when handling is peer pressure or try to control the environment. Mm-hmm. You know, the other night, my parents asked if we wanted to come over for dinner. Uh-huh. And I, my parents, I, I love the way they cook. Yeah. Like they make They're, really great yeah, meals. Absolutely. 
But at times, I find I tend to eat things I normally wouldn't when I go over there because sure. you know you, it, it's your parents. Yeah. Like they're like, "Hey, I've got dessert and I got all these appetizers and things like that." So in that case, I said, "Well, why don't you guys come over to my house?" Sure. Not to mention, it's always better to have be able to stay in my own house and have to drive <laughs> anywhere after the fact. Right. And so th- I was able to control the menu and control the environment. I was able to control the environment. Mm-hmm. I was able to control, you know, what we were drinking. All those things mm-hmm. came down to the fact that I was controlling the environment. I think the other thing too is you can do is, is sort of pre-planning. Oh, absolutely, for sure. If if you're going out to dinner with your uh, let's say your inner circle of people and you're going out to dinner and it might be someone's birthday and it's their favorite restaurant. So you're not able to change restaurants. Get the menu ahead of time. Look on their website. A lot of restaurants post their menus. Get the menu ahead of time. See if there's things that you can choose on there that are going to be healthy options. And if not, maybe eat a little bit of a meal before you go out so you're not going to splurge and be tempted into eating you know, something that would be out of the norm of your diet. Or if you've planned ahead and you knew that you were going to be going out on Saturday sure. and it's a it's a Wednesday, yeah. plan out your day to eat relatively healthy lighter, throughout yeah. the week or sure. lighter on that mm-hmm, day mm-hmm. and then go and make sort of the healthier, unhealthier sure. choice. So like a good example would be like, let's say you were somebody's like, oh, I'm going to have the chili cheese fries. It's like, well, I'm going to have the, the regular fries. Right. You know, like already just making sure you're cutting that out or split it with somebody. We've split meals before. Like our our designated date night is Thursday night. That's the night we turn off our brains. We don't worry about um, work or anything like that. And we go out to dinner and we don't sit there and pick apart the menu. We just go out to dinner, enjoy each other's company. We might have a drink or two. But that is the night that we that we have chose to be able to kind of relax and unwind in that evening. And having the flexibility, because obviously we know that those peer pressure situations won't always happen on a Thursday. Sure. Yeah. But yeah. like, let's say you typically let loose on Wednesday and you know, you, you, you're going to have an opportunity to let loose on Friday. We're yeah. making that choice. So now Friday becomes your new Wednesday. So, you know, making that decision is important. And again, we are using the word choice. It's sure. not a cheat. It's just your choice Don't that you're making. Don't make yourself feel guilty for doing And you never should. And your inner circle, like Andrea talked about, should be the type of inner circle that doesn't make you feel guilty because of it. Mm -hmm. So that's huge. Um, But yeah, I think that pretty much wraps it up. I mean, peer pressure is everywhere. And what you have to understand is that you're not always going to get 100% of an understanding from the people that are in your inner circle as to why you do something. Sure. But I think it's a great topic and I think it comes up so often. And I think that's why people are scared to make these choices because what will everyone think? And you know, it doesn't matter if you have made that choice and it makes you feel good and makes you feel healthy then it, it's it's a great choice and your friends should support that great choice. What did you say earlier? You said, I want people to be their- Owned advocate. 100%. Like you, you can't put that in any better way. There's too many times that we care too much about what other people oh, think. Yes. And we make this, we d- either make decisions or don't make decisions yes. because we're not being our own best advocate. Right. And like I've said, I, I do not, I have made the choice not to eat meat. But I don't make other people feel guilty for eating whatever they want. We are just out to enjoy each other's company and have dinner and have a nice time. But it's become your own advocate. You are the only person. You are, This is the only body you're going to have for the rest of your life. Become your own advocate and figure out how to make those changes in your lifestyle. 
And in that regard, you're not there to make anyone else feel guilty about the choices Absolutely that they make, not. right? Absolutely not. And so if they, if, if they, this lifestyle they live makes them happy and they're not asking for your advice, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. wisdom does not give you the right to give somebody advice. Mm-hmm. If they ask for it, then great. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of a tangent, but I think... The- <laughs> well, how many times have we gone out to eat and I'm like, ooh, get this and put this on top of this and add this and add this. And so I eat vicariously I think, through you. I think you're just, you just want to eat meat. <laughs> I think I think we've, we've solved the mystery here. And I'm her living, she's living vicariously through my palate. So, um, but yeah, guys, again, uh, peer pressure is everywhere. I think the best thing that you can do is be your own best advocate. Absolutely. Like love yourself, give yourself the things that you need in order to feel your best emotionally, spiritually, um, and physically. Yep. And don't forget, like our new Instagram page, tag three friends, subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, and you'll be entered into a drawing to get an amazing celery green t-shirt at the end of the month. Celery green t-shirts, guys. (laughs) Get them while they're hot. You guys have a great week and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to Train, Eat, Repeat. Connect with us on Instagram at fit underscore ferrant or at traineatrepeat.co. Until next time, stay strong, stay healthy.